Let's just say you're on Mars. You see that manipulation, huh? All is as it should be. <sighs> Wait a second, guys. I need to know what happened here. Yeah. You only get like, uh, you know, you really just get one, you know, pretty much one shot, maybe another chance. Maybe you get more than one more chance, but not much more than that. You know, the, the problem with the world isn't the world outside of us, out there. It's inside of us. It's within us. That's the problem with the world. And my, I gotta get a pillow behind my back. My back has been out since the hospital, and it's just like, yeah, can't walk, can't sit. But anyway, the show must <coughs> go on, and you know, there's a lot of truth in the uh, in the idea that when don't don't think when you're weak, you're not strong. When you're weak in the flesh, you're like a you know, like a, you know, you're you're a lion in the spirit. You're a lion that devours. You're a lion that sees everything. You see the inner motives of all people, and you see that you have really no friends. That everybody is scheming against everybody, basically looking out for themselves. Right, which equals betrayer of you. They don't mean to. They're weak. So forgive them. So forgive them. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgive them, for they, they just can't seem to stand on their own two feet. They just need this system, don't they? They really want to be a part of it, eh? You really want to convince people to be a part of this? That you'd rather die being a part of it. And you know what? You die being a part of it, you've had no life. You made no contribution. You are inconsequential. You are nothing. You are less than nothing. You're less than vapor. You never existed. Period. And that's the, the thing that we all face. The inconsequential life. You see, that, that is the thing that brings the most pain and sorrow. The idea of being ephemeral, the idea of being unloved, unappreciated, unseen by God, the idea of being, of doing less than your best, of being a coward, of shying away from what you need to do, what you must do, what you're born to do, and thus striking your life down as a nothing, as a you were never here. That's a tough uh, thing to face. But then you see God would have us doing things like, and each one is different, each person is different. God would have us doing things like, well, you know, what's, what's in you to do, what, what, what he made you for. And, um, hey, Trish, yeah. 
I need uh, pillows. Having a hard time here, sitting here. I just, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, these, the, so I'm very strong right now. <laughs> um, so each of us has a thing we have to do in life that is not like, like my thing isn't your thing. Your thing isn't my thing. And no one's ever going to, you know, that's the other thing. I mean, I can tell you philosophically, you know, applying it to myself, that if I don't do the thing God made me to do, then my life is inconsequential. Then my life is as if it never were, as if it never was. How's that, love? That's, that's, yeah, well. Jeez, man. The sofa. Okay, now. Sinks. Okay. Man, oh, man. His back is out, but we're going to fix it. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so this is really the cause of all the wars and strife and New World Order and this and that and all the things everyone complains about yet gets nowhere. And so I'm kind of bored now with the the topic of the New World Order. I'm bored with Klaus Schwab now. I'm bored. I'm I'm bored. I don't care. I'm bored with the UN and the WEF. I don't care. I'm bored with Prince King Charles. I don't care. I don't care what the evil people do or the vampires do. I don't care. You know? I'm bored with the topic of child and adult and medium trafficking. It's always been going on. I just don't want to tune into it every day. You know, because people are exploiting humans for sex and for, well, don't forget the cobalt mines. You know, slave labor at its best. And this is going on. And everybody's screaming about it, yet no one is able to do anything about it. They go, well, why can't we do something about this? You know that in polls that they're talking about, Biden and Trump are like neck and neck. Neck and neck. So this idea of how could people be like that? How can they not see the Joe Biden situation? How can they... um, That's better in the back, yeah. How can they not understand? How can they not see that pedophilia is wrong? How come there are so many pedophiles coming out of the closet? Well, I told you um, 20 years ago why. All I got was just a stone wall of mocking. And this is from people who already knew better. They knew. They already knew. That was nothing new to them. What I I was saying. They just wanted to cover it up or make me look like a crazy man. You're probably wondering how. You know, and add to that uh, your late night, uh, uh, you know, planned opposition, you know, controlled opposition, the Art Bells of the world, the George Norries, and all those people. And they're all fake. They're as fake as you can get. Fake, fake, fake. And they talk a good game. New World Order, this and that. Even, even from what I understand, uh, the iconic uh, go out and worship, bow down now, Big Hollywood Speaks, Mission Impossible is here, and it's talking about the new world order. You got it, because it's popular. It's the most popular thing going right now. 
all those bad guys at the UN, all the bad things they do, and the enslaving of humanity, and the starving of humanity, the, the culling of humanity, and the destroying of humanity, and the killing of humanity, and that's where the focus should be. No, it's not. Yeah. Getting a little bit worked up here, but you won't. No, you're not going to start that, are you? There's. Get him. He just can't stand it if I'm sitting here trying to communicate out there. The thing is, is that um, when Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do, let me just back up to the thing that God wants you to hear. I'm going to put my best forward here. I'm giving you my best. God wants you to see all the things that are going on. It's got nothing to do with the news or the anything like that. We have a tremendous lack of faith in America because no one sees. Someone gets healed or someone prophesies and people just yawn. Not because they're assholes, which they may be, but it's because they didn't notice it which is even scarier. So what was I going to say about Mission Impossible? Oh, the fact that it came out with that, with a kind of, you know, what they're calling a right-wing bent. So they just call everything that has to do with the New World Order or, or calling the population or slavery or anything, they just say it doesn't exist. It's all part of a right-wing conspiracy. And so that's what they will label it. So I think it's probably, for me, it'd be a pretty good movie, you know, except that it's gotten harder and harder for me to really give a damn. I don't care about um, <laughs> any of that, those topics anymore. I've really just gotten, you know what has happened? I've just gotten worn out talking about the same thing every day. Oh, we're winning. Yeah, we just need more people to do this and do that and show up and cheer on and, you know, knock them back and... You know, not accept that Trump gets indicted and on and on and on and on and on and on. And on. It just, it just, uh, it just uh, irks my soul because God's calling me into, you know, God. Not all this, this all this drama, all this psychodrama is a waste of time because it has nothing to do with God. It has nothing to do with the leading. It has nothing. It has really very little to do with the truth. People say, well, this is the truth community. What, where is, and, and where, what do they, what, you mean because they're citing H.G. Wells? They're citing um, George Orwell? They're citing Aldous Huxley? What truth? That there's a conspiracy to eliminate man and everything that God created. Well, it really, it's, ultimately, it's everything God created to eliminate that, to eliminate the universe. If you really want to know the real plan, let me jump ahead of everybody. 
the plan is to eliminate the universe or universes or have anything that God created eliminated. That's the plan. Okay, that's the real plan. Digitize it and then just flush it as if that would take care of it. And of course, as foolish as that sounds, and it, and it is foolish, I mean, it is ridiculously foolish, the idea of destroying the creation God made just because God, and why? It's because they're on the other side, because they oppose God, and they're with the fallen ones, and the fallen ones want to end God's reign, and, you know, and, and be their own God, be, be their own creator, create their own world. And then subjugate God's favorite creation, us, humanity, and enslave all of humanity just to put a middle finger in God's face and put everybody in their little world of torture, angst, and, and just mayhem. And really, I was, um, uh, you know, a friend gave me this uh, Bosch, this great Bosch book by, you know, Tashin, which is the number one art book uh, creator of all time in the world, if, you know. It's, uh, you know, you have to have a pretty tough stomach because art is art, you know, and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be raunchy, it's going to be amazing, it's going to be, you know, everything. But Bosch is certainly about as dark as you can get in terms of dealing with all these sort of hellish images and contradictions, especially between, you know, in the spirit and... Um, I just have to say, I was really looking at that book yesterday, really kind of studying each painting and, uh, you know, trying to get some of the motivation, some of the history behind the paintings. And um, really, uh, just um, trying to get where, you know, the guy's head is, you know, and just you know, how did you come up with this concept or that concept? And, and they, all these concepts are like the things of nightmares and the things of that are, would be considered ultimate perversions. You know, half animal, half person, having sex with children, having sex with animals, cutting people's heads off while having sex with them. You know, just all, all kinds of, you know... Very hardcore. There's even a, a one famous one that he, he did, which was a, a tunnel of light, you know, indicating that, you know, here's this tunnel and, and not much of a conclusion is drawn. It's not like it's a, a beautiful tunnel we're going in and now our, our troubles are all over. Uh, uh, I just want to, I just want to, you know, go back and say that, you know, Regarding, regarding, you know, the sound of freedom, and if and and according to Jay Dyer, the MI6 film, uh, MI Mission Impossible film, lays out their plan, lays out the plan for the end of humanity, and so did the James Bond movies to, to a certain extent. You know, they they're they're much more comical, but I mean they're. You know, there's an evil, evil group, Spectre, and they're plotting to, to, you know, cut the food off, or they're plotting on nuking everyone, or plotting on ruining the water supply, you know, something like that. So there's, there, so they're, you know, so it's, it's well within the tradition of conspiracy theory, 
you know, as it as it pertains to, you know, James Bond, as it pertains to the, you know, the history of, you know, Jason Bourne was also very much anti-government. The government is corrupt, and they're plotting to do something to screw all the people, and and Bourne is going up against them, and now they're hunting Bourne, you know. So it's it's if it's in that vein, of course, I'll love it. <laughs> you know, I'll love every second of it. And I just, you know, I wish my back would get straight so I could see it on the... If I were in L.A., I would probably, because I know what kind of mix and what kind of, you know, cameras and what kind of deal they've got going there, because they had endless money, because they're, you know, when you're in the system, they just bathe you with money. And, you know, it's good if you're good at what you do, as Tom Cruise says. This is not wonderful, but... uh you know, I, I used to go to these movies, you know, these blockbusters. And I, I I feel like I'm losing my taste for for films in general. I, I, I'm not, you know, I wonder if I'm losing my taste for everything. It could be. But it's only because I just want more God and I just want less distraction. And, you know, I, I, I kind of just have to focus on what I see is happening, and what I see is happening is is basically um, people tuned in to what they think the problem is and missing the whole problem. That's that's where it is today. So there's the prophetic, right? And it's it's a prophetic prelude. It's not exactly a prophetic solution because we don't have a solution. Because we're too busy watching the bouncing ball. So there's no solution in that. People are just going to scream and yell at each other. And that's going to be the end of it. And probably, because the money is drying up, they're going to go nuclear. And then we'll all be dead. And then won't that be nice? And uh, it'll be... The main reason won't be because of them. It'll be because of all of us. Because we wouldn't listen... We refused to listen. The only truth there really is is God and God's truth. There really isn't any other truth. He's the one that moves everything around. If you've got a problem, you go to got to go to him. You don't like the slavery. You don't like the sex trafficking. You don't like the fentanyl. You don't like the government screwing you. You don't want digital currency. You don't want to you know, microchip. You don't want any of this, these, these horrible, hellish things. Then you go, got to go to him. There's no way you can fight it on your own. Because the things that are happening on that side of, of, of the world are all supernatural. And I was just telling Trish before we started, and this is really kind of an important thing we all have to realize. And by the way, I apply all this to myself. I'm not talking to you like you're bad and I'm good. I'm, I'm guilty. You know, I think, but I think I got straightened out in the hospital. I think, I think you know, I, I, I went through enough suffering, I think, to kind of trip the so I don't care what happens to me now. I mean, not I don't care, but do, do you know what I mean? It's like I used to worry about getting on an airplane. Well, now just, you know, strap me to the wing. I'm fine. You know, something just happened. Right? Do you not understand? I, near death can be a wonderful, liberating thing. And I don't want to lose it. So I'm just going to say whatever. So it's made, as a speaker, it's made me be able to say things that will piss everybody off, but it's it's like, you know, I would pull those punches 
trying to craft it in such a way that maybe it wouldn't, you know, upset people. You know, people that I liked, like myself. But the truth is going to upset people. If you say you're on the truth and you're just fine, um, I, I, I would challenge that. Larry, the famous award-winning Larry Wade Carroll of Crazed House, sent me a um, clip of Rick Rubin giving a little philosophy of how he goes about, you know, doing a, a project or whatever. And for creatives, it's it's just gold. Uh, it's the guy looks like a guru now. <laughs> you know, he looks like a. Uh, and he said such a wise thing that I think it's got to be enshrined. And I can, you know, I prob maybe I can play it for you because I think it's that good that it bears. Because we have enough creative people that tune in here, you know, the real hardcore guys, right? The real hardcore guys tune in here, and uh, you know, they, you guys write me secretly. Let's see, I'll okay, I'll plug this thing in. I know you have the tennis ball. Okay, can I have it? He won't. <laughs> We're not going to do that right now, Trish. He puts the tennis ball on my arm when I'm trying to do something, and and if I try to get it, he he grabs it away. He snatches it away. Ben's. I call him Doc now because he's. He's been with me every day that I've been recovering. When I was recovering in the bed on oxygen, you know, he was right there just waiting for me to do something. And so now he's all hyped up. Okay, so what we're going to do is see about this little clip because I think I think this is very impressive. Um, and I thank Larry for sending it. It's just a little tiny blurb. But it's just so true about, um, you know, I mean, I think he's talking about music and stuff, but I think it's, you know, it doesn't matter what you're creating, right? Everything we create is an offering to God. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. Whether you, you've got to, I was just thinking about Canada's pond. It's an offering to God, getting that pond right. You know what I mean? And you do the very best you can do because... It's really going, but, but but let me put the quote on. Let me not wreck it by trying to, you know, by being too talkative and ruining it. If I can just, I don't know how to work social media. I'm sorry, I've I lost my way on that. And um, you'll get it back. You know, I'm just there. Okay, there it is. And uh, so I've tried to kind of be where I can. Okay, let's see if we can uh, open up another channel here. Yeah, we probably need channel. We need another. Okay, another channel. Let's see if I can get this thing going. No. No. I want the mixer. Okay. There's the channel. Okay, so maybe uh, let's see if this will work. Because I've done this on the fly, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, 
Okay, so I'm going to see if I can get this baby going. It's all an offering to God. Oh, no, and you jumped ahead. This darn thing has jumped ahead. How do I stop? How do I go back to the beginning? And I came to realize recently. But, but I don't understand. There is no bar to, to, to move it. And I came to realize. Re there's, there's no bar. There's no bar to, to, to move it back and forth. I can't cue it up. You want your iPad? No, there's no bar. There, there's no beginning or end. Odd, you're not thinking of... Uh, there, there's, okay, oh, the so budget? forget about it. But, you know, see, this is the kind of thing that is... Okay, here's a bar, here's a bar, here's a bar. And I came to realize recently, it's all an offering to God. Okay. If you would let me, they won't let me. Recently, no, let me. Fuck. Okay, so I need a technician. Thank you. Oh, they're all lined up. Uh, I'll pick one. Here you go. Sorry. Um, it's a. Uh, I, I don't know if I broke my phone or not. I probably broke it. I. The look. You know, when I pick up any kind of technology, I just want to have my clip and go on. You know what I mean? I don't want to get all caught up with um, this stupid, uh, you know, and losing the, whatever the stupid shit they do. They just do stupid shit all day long. You know, Zuckerberg and Facebook and, you know, the whole thing, you know, and I, and I resent that uh, very much. You know, to where you, you have something that's, you know, educational or something that would really help people. And you're not, you're just, you're just not allowed to play it because you're fucked. You know, you, you, you should, you know, you, you all humans are all like pigs. So we won't give you the clip because it might inspire you to do better. Okay. Sorry, I'm being a baby. Okay. And a babyhood. Okay, so how do you turn the the uh, the sound on? Because um, when you go for the bar, then the little speaker that was uh, at the top uh, disappears, so that you can't. Um, you know, when I got the clip, it just it just played like everything like everything. There's there is no problem. You know, it's too stupid for spiritual warfare. Um, I'm sorry. They won't let me. They won't let me. They won't let me. Okay? So anyway, so what he was saying was, basically, and I'm very sorry, I, I just can't even believe... The, the phone's gone as of today. Yeah, just fuck the phone. That's it. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, it's, it, no, it is hard to believe that um, they would, you know, make it so that you couldn't, um, you know, on, almost on purpose so that you can't play a clip.
But when you scroll by, it plays perfectly. But if you need to play it because you're on a radio show, you don't have time, and you're trying to get it set so that you can play it and just move on, and it's an inspiring thing, and you know your back is hurting and you don't have time and you're trying to recover and you're trying to do a million things, uh, you know, then there's there there there's oh don't you see put you got to push the, the 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 speaker to get set no no it won't it'll just keep looping around and around it won't it'll go back oh wh- where's the, oh there's the bar but the bar won't stay there and then when you finally do cue it up it stops and then if you hit play it won't play so you know you want to hand me my phone I threw it way over there I'm sorry I, th- I threw it um, across the room. All right, well, you're seeing the worst of me today. And um, I started off with a pretty positive attitude about 18 minutes ago. And uh, I've now descended into... It's all right, Jeff. Just calm down. Have fun? (laughs) That is off the menu. There is no fun. No, you have to do it. No, there's no fun here in America. You've got to have fun. No. Okay, I have the, uh, I have it, (laughs) I have it playing now and it won't play because, okay, you ready? Okay, I'm going to play it. Suddenly it doesn't play, okay. We'll go to the mixer. Well, it's, the mixer has to break, right? The mixer just broke. And um, I think it's the wire here that's um, not working, but, you know. Higher vibration. Okay, so what we'll try to do is just let, I'll play it silently. And then we'll, uh, when it comes back around live, we'll play it live. Mm-hmm. I have to wait until it comes around. I don't have a bar to change it because they won't let me. We, we have to wait till it comes around because of Zuckerberg. We have to wait because how lame these people are. Okay, I'll just play the loop because, you know, I can't... They won't let me do anything, so here you go. Out of love and devotion. That's what it is. We'll go around. And there is no... Fine, we'll just go around. changing it for someone else because it can't be better than this devotional act that we're doing. There is no higher, no higher form. And I came to realize recently, it's all an offering to God. And if you're making an offering to God, you're not thinking about, oh, what's the budget? Or... I hope I hope these this segment of the audience is going to like it. We don't we don't think like that. It's a higher vibration. We're making the best we can make to the best of our ability. There you go. Out of love and devotion. Okay. I think that's an incredible um statement by Rick Rubin, the the famous producer. 
And I think that um, he's finally arrived at that because I've seen some sessions he's done where things were, you know, hair was flying, you know, stuff was flying around the room uh, in anger, you know. And I think that that he's realized, I think we've all kind of come to realize, I mean, this is this God consciousness, this raising of consciousness that I just displayed a few minutes ago. Um, no, but seriously, uh, that so when you take your projects and you take them so, in, in a sense, if you take them too seriously, like this is the most serious thing in my life, that kind of thing, and you dedicate yourself too much, then you've screwed yourself because it's not out of love. It's out of competition, and then there's envy of the other guy, and then, you know, then, then um, the other thing is uh, you don't have the strength to defend your work. So when someone says, well, I think we should change this or I think we should change that, he's got his, you know, I've tried my best here today and I've got nothing but interference. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe this is just not the right format for me anymore. Um, you know, I've done it for a long time and I just don't seem to be able to catch a break. So, um, I, I just want you to know I'm really sick and tired of what's on podcasts. I'm really, really sick and tired of people like Jay Dyer and man, oh man, I'd rather watch paint dry. I'd rather be in a room, you know, of, uh, you know, I'd rather be in a, in a, uh, sensory deprivation chamber than listen to that and it's all accurate everything he's saying is accurate no one is saying that it, he isn't accurate everything that that guy says is accurate the only time that he's any good is uh, that i've noticed is when he's trying to do a little comedy shtick then he's that that's what he should be doing comedy that's what he really is a comedian and uh, he's not a he considers himself a truth teller that he's telling you the truth about the way the plan is and how it's laid out and what's going to happen. And I am so bored that I could just say, I just want to tell him to shut the F up because you're just boring me. Why don't you say something cutting edge instead of quoting all these authors and all this so-called scholarship because you read books and your condescension toward the people out there is not justified. My condescension is, but yours isn't. You, you, don't, have, you, you don't have the gravitas to, to have condescension. Because all you do is read books. That's, that does not give you standing. Yeah, why don't you learn how to read? You know, that, that kind of condescension. You know, that, that's, uh, that's cheap. That's like a cheap shot. I do that occasionally, but it's, it's, it's in addition to other things. Uh, you know, and uh, the only reason I mention him is because he's on. He was on yesterday, you know, in the house, and I'm, you know, I'm trying to write this chapter, and I finally did. I had to really, really, the the, the book has taken me into places that are just unbelievable spiritually. I mean, unbelievable. And it's changing my life and, and changing my priorities, so I have every intention of, of, you know, of seeing, seeing it through. Cause a lot of times when you write, you don't, you don't have a plan. Like if it's a book, you know, you, you go, okay, well, I guess the idea is to publish the book. 
And then you want to go on a book tour and then you want to meet people and have them meet you and get their signed copy. You know, but that just isn't, that's, that's just not what, it's got to be more, it's got to be more forward moving. It can't just be something that was written as a snapshot of the past and then people read it and then they get an autograph. There has to be some forward momentum. In other words, people get flung into their own adventures in their own lives from maybe an inspiration they got from what you wrote or something like that, you know. And without that, that's really what's more important than whether people remember you and get their copy signed and then go back and rehash the past. So, you know, so I apply Rick Rubin's logic to the work I'm doing. So I'm doing the best I can do. You know, and I'm doing it as an offering to God. In other words, I'm saying no matter how many or how few people tune in, which I really should say how few, no matter how few people give a shit about anything I do, it doesn't matter because all that matters is that I do it for God. And I do it to the best of my ability because he's, he's there and I feel it. And that makes me happy. In other words, I, I can live with that. The other thing, being insecure, wondering what other people think and all that, that's just a, uh, a road to nowhere. That's just a road to anxiety, self-doubt, and then eventually, you know, fighting with your brothers and sisters and being in, you know, at, at, at odds with your environment, not being able to flow, but, to, but to, you're bumping up against... Like here, I bumped up against a lot of some physical obstacles, but I, I let them all go in Jesus' name. I just let them go. Whatever tension there was a little earlier, I just considered spiritual warfare, let it go. Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, what does that really mean? Lord, forgive them. Yeah, yeah well, some people think they, they, you know, they were involved in you know, doing black magic to throw me in the hospital. That, well, don't think that didn't come up. That's come up, and we know who the culprits are. I know, but you got to just forgive them for their stupid. They no, 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 not what they do, and it's not really my life. And I and I don't have any any need to retaliate against anybody. I just have to give it to God and move on. I'm too tired to get involved in mano a mano sorcery. You know, I mean, I have that gift. I have the gift. I could do that. Probably I'm, I'm, I may be responsible for some suffering of other people. I, I, you know, I don't know, but I'm not. But I've repented of that. You know, I have repented of that. At the same time, God gives out gifts without repentance, <laughs> and He says, "You have the gift. You can see things and do things, and you're not doing them." What? I thought I was trying to be a good Christian. We're not supposed to talk to the dead. Yeah, but, but if the dead talk to you, then how, who's to say they're dead? Well, okay. Disincarnate spirits, they're all demons. Oh, are they? What are angels? What are strange creatures from the, from the throne of God? What are those strange creatures? Are they are they demons? Isn't it possible that God could task you with something that you could say, make a value judgment and say, well, that's of the dark side. I'm not doing it. And then 
thereby incurring the wrath of God on your, on your family and yourself. That's very easy. How does one have a consequential life that is a life that actually meant something. It, it actually counted that you were born rather than being a, uh, you know, a, um, yeah, a mistake. Or not a mistake, it's just a seed that never, never germinated. What's the best way to, to not have a life? It'd be to not listen to God. And whenever we give our offerings to God, it is our labors. We're laboring. And every laborer has, you know, fruit to give to God. It's always got to be the best. It has to be in love. It can't be in hate. It can't be like quid pro quo. Like, I'll give you this, but you give me that. I know if I please God, then I'll get something in the end, like Job. No. You give to God because of God. And... and that's it. That's the end of the line. So you change your perspective. So in Rick Rubin's case, what he's talking about is he's talking about the idea that people all have opinions in the music business. <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry. It's just, I'm just imagining all the arguing, you know, like this section right here. Shouldn't we put horns in there? Or, you know, no, we did. Our, you know, and what he's saying is he's defending his work by saying, We've done our very best. Uh, you know, whatever the budget is, forget about it. If it's under, great. If it's over, we don't care. We're just going to do the best we can and finish. And when we're finished, we're not going around getting a million opinions like we should revise it. We're saying, here is our offering. Here, here, this is the very best we can do, and here it is, God. It's, it's to you that we give it. So you are the reason we actually work it in the first place, whether it be the mixing board or the cameras or the pens or the, you know, the, the, the inventions or the, you know, or the, the fence or the house or the whatever you build, you know, it becomes an office. It's not, not for, the, for the client. The client's paid $5 million for this record and wants to, you know, launch this band and, you know, you, you, whatever you produced, everyone's very unhappy with it. Yeah, we did the very best we could, and we give that as the offering to God, and we're, we're done with it. If that's the way you feel, get someone else. See, so many people in Hollywood, and I don't think Hollywood's going to go bust, but it's a nice fantasy. But so many people, right? There's just too much money involved, too much corporatocracy. It's, it's like it's an institution, and, you know, it's... It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty hard to watch. And, uh, but, you know, I want to make this album work because we've got we to be a billboard chart topper. And it's all crashed and burned. And what are you going to do about it? Nothing. We did our very, 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 very best. And we gave it to you. And we... Uh, we have a, you know, and we, we, we have uh, rounds of in the very early stages as we're mixing. We have, you know, room for some notes and feedback and stuff. But then it's like um, when it's done, it's done. And if you don't like it, fine. So what he's doing, he's making a case 
for himself standing by a record. I mean, he's worked with all the rap artists and all the metal and all the industrial metal and, and uh, all the uh, traditional metal and the Ozzy Osbournes and the whole, you know, everybody, basically. So what he's saying is, is when he's done with that record, now, the one session I'm aware of that, that I think things, you know, went south, you know, my, but they were happy with it, was uh, when they recorded an Ozzy Osbourne, you know, Black Sabbath record, you know, reuniting thing. And they had uh, tracked it. Uh, Rick Rubin would be, he, he kind of gets a, a futon in the other room and listens through headphones and he comes out and he tries to, and he talks to the band when they're practicing, trying to get them to be more innovative and, you know, give them suggestions and things. And then when it was finished, it was it was recorded with analog equipment. And interestingly enough, it's that famous... Uh, Sure, uh, these mics that I have here. What is it? The um, I forget exactly the number of the mic, but you see them on all the podcasts. But also, they they're used by the you know all the rock singers now. The SM7B, I think that's it. And uh, you know, there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. Uh, you know, it's also the same, similar to the SM57 and 58. And uh, there you go, going back to these dynamic mics and away from the uh, condenser mics. And, and uh, it's, it's, it's being done all over the world because it gives a more natural sound. And um, I think I noticed in that last podcast, Ruben had a, a booster on his uh, mic also to give it a more fat, you know, sound. And that worked as well. Um, so the deal is, you know, so they spent $5 million on the record, and they, you know, however much. And they tracked it, and they recorded it, and then Sound on Sound, which is very prestigious uh, critique for, for, you know, technicians, engineers, musicians, producers, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. They review gear as well. And uh, they, they, they slammed it. They say, you can't listen to it. Well, turns out that Rick Rubin and company, I think it was... Uh, the other guy in there was, uh, I forget the, oh, Andy Sheps. Andy Sheps was the, uh, he was, they, they were being co-producers and engineers together, him and, and Ruben. So pretty good team. And uh, they chose digital mastering. Well, the digital mastering made it loud all right, but when you put it on the headphones, it, 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 did, it did the digital thing to your ears. But they were happy with it, so that was that. And that, you know, remained went out there and some people like it, some don't. It just, it just all depends. I, I think what I would do is probably if I was going to go digital and analog, I would go digital and the recording and then analog on the mastering and that way smooth it out. But then everybody has their own opinion on how they do it. You know, as long as you're bringing your best, as long as you're doing your best and then you're, you're giving your best to God, I think that that's, one thing that we forget to do, I know that I have, and I know that I've been brought much closer to God since this near-death experience, if you will. I mean, at least, yeah, very near-death. I mean, death almost. <laughs> Not quite a coma, but, you know, pretty close. Um, so there I was in the ethers. And I'm realizing that God, you know, is not... Everything I think about the world is wrong. That's one thing that's coming to my uh, 
my mind, my consciousness. That everything I think about the world is wrong. And, um, and you know, everything I'm thinking about, the new world order and the, the problem, because I, I, I don't see a solution to the problem. I just see annihilation. So I, I, so I wonder, you know, and I, and I, you know, I see, um, you know, uh, up to 92% of humans, you know, basically dead. And I uh, base that on the uh, doing cumulative math in the book of Revelation, where you take like a third of the earth and a third of the sea and then another third of the earth. And it happens twice in Revelation for, of men, but also of the sea. And when you compile that and make it cumulative, uh, it's more than 66 and two-thirds percent. Then it, it, it actually grows to about 90%. And then it actually grows to about 91%. I forget how I actually did the math, but it was like, yeah, it's it's right in line with what they what they have in their plan to, to you know, liquidate that much. And God says that he's going to allow it, at least in the book of Revelation. And when you look at that, and it's and everybody tries to, like, twist that in their own way to make it so that, you know, it's it's not that bad a thing, you know. It's it's um, you know it's there's there's a chance we'll get out of it and we'll have a respite for a while, but then the end will come. And um, I've talked to some people on timing, and um, you know we keep getting this 2028 date as a kind of a, a time of uh, you know great tribulation, a great you know it could be just like you know a. Uh, a wrap up of things and then and then you know and then other people are talking about having a renaissance a, re- a reawakening and uh a close call but then we uh reform our society and we get rid of the bad guys and we go on and we we all participate in going off to the stars together and having a really good life and Growing non-GMO food. Meanwhile, while that talk is going on, we're seeing the the farms being confiscated uh, even more just this last week, especially in the Netherlands, and we're seeing all that going on um, to the point where, you know, within a year, you'll have hundreds and hundreds of millions of people starving to death, and there's no way out of it because they're cutting off all the nitrogen, all the, you know, all the fertilizer, all the farms, and um, a long time ago, I had a vision where we were all replaced with Chinese, and they were teaching, um, you know, I understand it, Mandarin up in, uh, like up in Michigan and up around those, you know, where the car plants are and stuff, it would be like the Chinese managers, and uh, whatever people were here, indigenous people, they would be just subjugated to the Chinese, and Chinese would replace, the, the people would be put in bondage, much like the uh, Israelites in Babylon, and the Chinese would then run things, uh, you know, as the, the real end game of this whole thing. And it would be, you know, a Chinese takeover, um, uh, you know, and they would just walk in and take it. Then I heard something the other day about how they've already divvied up all the land and houses in the United States and they've already distributed all the all the property to everybody that has a deed so they can come in and just replace you. And so that replacement uh, idea I had in 2004 was given, that was an actual prophetic word that I put out. So it was 2004 
that and it was it was to be a Chinese replacement way back then uh, because I mentioned that um, that I saw all these plants and all these factories you know being managed by you know Chinese managers and um, and that the people had been replaced in their homes and their for any number of reasons. So that was what I had. I never had anything that would counter that. The, the question was in 2004, well, when will that happen? You know, if, if that's a real vision, and, and, and it's a, what it is, is, is when it happened to the Israelites, it was a direct punishment for disobedience to the Israelites because the Israelites trashed God. And God was displeased and, and he had them replaced and put in captivity in Babylon, as as we know, the, the famous story. And Daniel was there, you know, and and uh, it was uh, it was uh, another time. But the same motive, the same reasoning. And then we know what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. The Sodom and Gomorrah tale about uh, being vaporized, um, and it was it was because of um, really blasphemy, and it, it was not just because of uh, sodomy, but it was because of this spirit of, of dark magic and then wanting to rape the angels and, you know, raping kids and, you know, the pedophilia run wild. It was all those things that, that are now coming out in the open here were open there. And then, you know, the response was nuked. They were nuked. And so when, when I look at that, I don't necessarily, I, I sort of, you know, I, I, I look at, I have no solution. I have no solution. I don't see a solution. I don't see any, any awakening doing anything. What I see is God's calling us back to him, to him and all things. And, you know, that, that our hearts are to be overflowing with love, not hate. How many people out there are hating people just wanting to like, you know, kill Bill Gates and, kill Soros and, you know, arrest this guy, throw that guy, you know, get out there and, and you know, really, uh, you know, mix it up. How many people feel like that, that anger? Or run over Antifa if they start, like, blocking the road, you know, just run them over. How many people have, well, see, that right there is failing the test. If you want to run somebody over, then you've, then you've a complete failure. I, and that, so I'm a failure. I was cheering him on, running over that, you know, pulling those people out from the street by their hair and, you know, and all that. You know, as all these little things are going on, I think we're failing to, to see the actual reason for, for it all. And, and it's like the reason is not these people were programmed to be like that and they're just too weak to fight it. No, they're not just programmed. There's something else, something deeper involved. And I think that that they're very conscious of what they're doing, and they're very conscious of wanting to overturn, um, you know, the United States and nation states, and and you know, and and really ultimately anything of God, anything that has to do with, you know, uh, decency, manners, whatever. There's there's a certain ethos of we call it the left. We call them the left, and they're not really the left. They're really what I would just say is the. Uh, the party, if, if, I, if I were to say it, I would just say, well, they're fallen ones. They're aligned with the fallen angels. They're aligned against God. So whatever it is, society, government, uh, business, you know, uh, traffic rules, law enforcement, you know, and anything else, you know, fiscal responsibility, 
Um, and the other thing is, you know, the, the, the responsibility of keeping cities. Now, back in those days, in the early 2000s, uh, you know, San Francisco remained a beacon city. It was always a beautiful city, big bay, lots of lots and lots and just lots of variation. You know, I always liked it down at uh, a little south of San Francisco, down to Pacifica and Half Moon Bay and down that way. And, um, you know, I liked it up north, too, up up to Mendocino from there, a couple hours up. And, and uh, you know, just the Northern California experience. Beautiful stuff, you know, beautiful city. And, you know, this, in you know, the intentional destroying of the city and then the reward for the destruction, i.e. Newsom running for president, let's say, and then probably getting the presidency and being rewarded. And people, people just have to scratch their head and go, how can these people be rewarded for destroying a city and having it be a city of addicts? Because the addicts are their heroes. The destroying of the city is their hero. That's their, their big motivation. That's the big victory. Therefore, Gavin Newsom is in the front running uh, to replace Biden if that's what they decide because he's done such a good job destroying California that they want him to apply that to the whole nation. And so he would be rewarded and go up the... See, you got to get back in perspective what, what it's all about, you know, how, how, it, how it really works. Instead of this idea of marveling and going, okay, you know, uh, how can they possibly vote for him after all the bad things he's done? Precisely because of the things he's done is why he's getting elected. That's the whole point. And the people are very conscious of that. And that right now, it's, they go, well, where are the 81 million voters? They're, 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 there's a lot of voters. There's a lot of millions of voters. And they're all voting for Biden right now. They're, they're neck and neck with Trump. I mean, they've done a good job destroying Trump in the press. But still neck and neck. Neck and neck. And and these are not just like only left wing polls. These are like a lot of polls have it at neck and neck. And when you so when you think about that, you go, you know. So so what is Biden being rewarded for? He's not neck and neck. What what is Biden? See, Trish won't believe it. And it's like those people are all mistaken. They couldn't possibly vote for Biden. Why would they do something so foolish as that? After what he's done, don't they see how Hunter is? Hunter's a folk hero, guys. He, he's a rock star. That's what people fail to see. And um, the, uh, the trans kids and all that, and as soon as they get fixed, they're rock stars too. And, you, you know, this is, ju- this is just the, the, what's happening is the world is, the veils are being ripped from the world. The apocalypse is here. The apocalypse is here. And let's take the example of the biggest movie. Probably spent $200 million, what, $250 million on Mission Impossible. I mean, some amazing number. And what's the whole thing about? This. Why didn't, why didn't they, why, why didn't they uh, silence Mission Impossible? I mean, the gatekeepers are, you know, Larry Fink in Hollywood. The gatekeepers are Xi Jinping. Why are they allowing that movie out if it's if it's anti-government? Not, he he reminds me of the RCA dog. 
you know, in front of the in front of the record player. Why would they? Um, Down the water is good, though. Why would they? Um, you know, approve anti-government movies, anti-New World Order movies, truth movies. Now, so as I look at all of it, you know, and I said, like, I had gotten so bored with Jay, this Jay Dyer guy. I, I actually, you know, know of where I speak because I bought two books from him. And I got bored with those as well. And usually I'm a good reader. I, I don't, I, I, I'm voracious. I just tear, tear through it. When I do research, I'm just hungry, you know, and I absorb a lot. And, um, you know, somehow there's just something... And I, then I started realizing that it's not just him. You know what I mean? He's like, okay, so on the surface, he's irking me because of something within me. Something in me is irked. Something in me is dissatisfied with me. That's why I'm yelling at him. So what is that something? And it's God calling. It's that, it's that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm looking for satisfaction among men, you know, among people. And it's never going to come. Everybody out there today is looking out for themselves. And even more so now than ever before. So that's, that's just the rule out there. It's, 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 uh, the hearts of many have waxed cold. This prof prophecy has come due already. Because it's, it's, it's because it's getting desperate with the food shrinking and the you know, opportunity shrinking, money doesn't it is is meaningless now. It doesn't it doesn't uh, inflation has destroyed the dollar. I mean, it, you know, I was looking at uh, uh, bottles of wine the other day, and wine I used to used to be pretty expensive wine. You know, at a hundred dollars a bottle is now four hundred and fifty or five hundred dollars a bottle. So the dollar's been destroyed. I mean, I just saw that, and I just said, well, I'll never buy that. And it's like, yeah, well, there's a lot of things you can't buy. You know, that you used to be able to. And I don't see that coming back anytime soon. I would tell people, well, you know, even though gold is boring, buy gold and at least, you know, preserve it. But you got to be able to protect it. If somebody finds out you have it, they'll just come gun you down and take it. So I don't know what you do. You know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a hellish situation. And it's, it's, it's a great tribulation. And the Great Tribulation has to kill, uh, you know, up, upwards of about around 90% of a little better than that of the people. And, and if you do conservative mathematics, then you could get a number a little bit less, 70%, 80%. But um, regardless of how you do the math, and the, you know, I find the Book of Revelation to be incredibly... Uh, Interesting and, and and yet mysterious because we have things like the two witnesses, the, the seven lampstands. We have the mark of the beast, which we, we, we know is ready to be rolled out, which has to do with economy and money. And then we have people now starting to call again for the rapture. The rapture, they're holding out hope that, that before 2028, they will be raptured. 
uh, they will escape the, tri- the, you know, the wrath of tribulation uh, to come, which would be the, you know, the vials and the bowls of wrath that are, that are, you know, that they, when they open the seals, that, you know, people are hiding in the sixth seal, they're, they're hiding from, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the wrath of the lamb. They know it's the wrath, and, and they know that, that's it now. They know that it's the wrath of the lamb. They know that it's, they know that God exists. See, that's the other thing. You know, when you say, do they know, the one thing, all you have to know is this. Do they know God exists? Answer, yes, they do. Or they wouldn't be plotting against God. See what I mean? It wouldn't make sense. Ontologically speaking, you know, the na- you know, nature of being, the ontological argument, um, you know, if you say God doesn't exist, you're saying he exists. So all atheists believe in God. So they just don't want to worship God. So they say, well, I'm an atheist, not realizing that they're just proving that God exists by the word atheism. You know, you know, non-theism, that I don't believe in God. And so, but see, the reason they lose the argument is because they have to postulate God to then not believe in him. See, if they could leave God out of it, they could be an atheist. But they can't leave God out of the argument. They say, I don't believe in what? God. Therefore, they, they believe in God. They just don't want to follow him. So it's that simple. They know already everything. They know everything. They know the people that launch all these attacks and all these things on the people. They already know everything. They already know where they're going. They already know they've given up. They already know they've chosen the dark side. They already know that it's it's a war against God. They already know that the reason you punish people is because God made the people and it's a way of them getting uh, their licks in against God. That's, That's why they do it. So, and, and most people have figured that much out. But the real mystery here, the water is good. The real mystery here is, what does God want of us? You see, the idea of being collectivized by a few talk show hosts or podcasters is not what God wants. Because that's the same mistake that's been made on the other side. I know this is becoming a thing with me. But I do believe that God is calling us out. Out of this. But it's not just physically removing yourself. It's, it's this disengagement with this binary... Um, you know, painful, implacable, unsolvable problem. And everybody, everybody that goes on the air these days is saying, well, God led me to be a truth speaker. And then they proceed to talk about Klaus Schwab or the, the blood clot shot. Or the um, the plan of you know killing you know ninety to one hundred percent of people on Earth, or the plan of getting into a nuclear war with Russia, or whatever it is, whatever stupid shit they cook up. Uh, stupid shit is a term 
that uh, I, I revived since hearing the Tool song, uh, Ainema, uh, Enema, and, um, you know, the Learn to Swim song. And um, I know it's a real adolescent type of song. It's real, it's real kind of childish in a way. But that's what I like about it, you know. Plus, the musicianship is is extraordinary, of course. And I'm I'm just amazed at because the guy eventually is just starting. I'm so tired of this stupid shit. And he starts repeating it over and over. You know, Maynard. He starts repeating it. Stupid shit. Stupid shit. Stupid shit. And stupid shit. You know, fret for your latte and fret for your lawsuit and fret for this. You know, fuck Al Ron Hubbard and fuck all his clones. Fuck all these insecure wannabe actresses or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, see, it was that back then in the 90s. He, you know, all this stupid shit all around us, stupid shit. And then, and then he's like begging for, you know, Mother Earth, you know, mom, mom's going to make it all right. And, you know, you know, I've, I've, <laughs> I love how condescending that song is toward people because that was the time to do it. What he's saying, you know, but, you know, fret for your latte and fret for your lawsuit and fret for your, you know, fuck all these, uh, you know, uh, gangster wannabes and fuck L. Ron Hubbard and, and fuck all these glad handers and all these Hollywood types, you know what I mean? And fuck all these wannabe gangster types and, and their, and their guns and their, and their stupid shit. Then he gets on to stupid shit. And he goes, "Look, I've got you know, you know." He said, "I, I think Armageddon's going to come soon, followed by, you know, fault lines that won't sit still, followed by earthquakes and, and all this, followed by millions of dumbfounded dipshits who don't know shit about anything, <laughs> screaming and running to save themselves across the desert." And he says, "So I've got a, I've got something that'll keep you all occupied. Learn to swim." And, uh, man, I wish somebody would cover that song. Yeah, I don't know anyone that's, you know, because all the songs of the Tool was the top of the of the sort of industrial metal bands of that era of the Trent Reznors and the Rob Zombies and all the, you know, all the all their clones. And everything got to sounding the same, so it all kind of, you know, broke up. I don't know whatever happened, um, but all that, you know, Linkin Park and all these different... Bands are pretty good, but uh, just all ended up being homogenized, you know, and so uniqueness. I think what killed the whole movement was uh, was the lack of uniqueness, the lack of taking a chance. Same thing that's killed Netflix. They're nobody, no, none of the directors take a chance. The only one that's doing anything right now is Steven Soderbergh. And... Uh, the critics have already panned him. He's got a couple of projects out. One I think has got a perfect circle or something like to that effect. I'm, I'm watching this series, and I but I see I'm already a fan, so I don't I don't care what he does. What he does is always fascinating to me. And um, you know he's one of those guys that that I only have a few people I really watch, including our own Larry Wade Carroll, of course, and what he's going to do. But I mean I, you know, I mean we're, we're all inspired by David Lynch and. You know the the uh, our Lord and Savior Stanley Kubrick, and uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I mean, you know, and 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 you know, the, 
the occasional David Finchers and some of the others. And I don't put Christopher Nolan in that category now. He falls short. Yep. And uh, the generic directors that just everything that looks the same. Well, that's the problem with them. All the films look the same. There's no character. There's no personal touch. There's no personal signature. It just, it's a corporate, you know, it's a, it might as well be made by a robot. And that's what Netflix is. They crank out these, you know, low-budget movies, you know, these medium-budget movies, and they don't charge you for them. And now they're, they've run out of content. They're starting to show, like, movies from four years ago. But it's the same thing over and over again, just just mindless white noise. Just I turn it on, and all I hear is white noise. I try to watch. I try to engage, and all I hear is white noise. But I, I did get engaged with the... Um, uh, you know, with the uh, Soderbergh thing, because it's it's so confusing at first, trying to keep track of all these characters and where they're going, what the story's about, that it challenged me. So I was like determined to figure it out, and then I, you know, then I did, and I was glad I did. But I, the critics don't give it; they give it; they have an attention span of a gnat, so they give it like fifteen seconds, and then you know, if you don't tell them the whole story in fifteen seconds, oh well, you failed. So we can't take them seriously. The Girl Next won, you know, some very prestigious awards, won like 70-some-odd 70, 70 awards and more, you know, in some very, you know, like in Prague and places like that, which are, you know, competitive and, uh, you know, prestigious. And, and here all they could do on IMDb is just trash it, you know, just trash it, just because they didn't understand it. They, they trash what they don't understand. Forgive them for they know not what they do. You see, there's that lesson there. Ah, no, I'll let it go. I don't, I, you know, learned my lesson there. I tried to control it at one time, tried to fix it, tried to help it, tried to make, you know, try to, it just, I let it all go. Let the whole thing go. Let it all go. It's just stupid shit. The people on IMDb are just stupid shit. They're just noise. And if they find out who you are, you're, a, you know, if you're the wrong thing, a white Christian, uh, you know, uh, homophobe, transphobe, boomer male who's, you know, who, who was for Trump or something like that. It doesn't matter what you, you could put out war and peace. You could put out like, you know, Proust, that level, you know what I mean? You could put out, uh, you know, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson level stuff or Emily Dickinson and you'll be just, you know, uh, you know, cored out. You'll just be, you know, pummeled and, penetrated by spikes <laughs> they'll make sure that anything that moves gets killed and that's how it is the the great artists we've had in the past you'd never see them today they would never have a chance to come forward they only want what what you get and what you don't like you would love to see somebody with a with a with a have the personal title i mean i'm thinking back to sam peckinpah here was a guy that directed these action films, these westerns and different things like that. And, um, you know, they were really bloody. And, you know, those were the action things of the, the time. But, I mean, he had his own personal fingerprints on that. You could tell that was him. And uh, some of the, some of the uh, different choices people made. I'm thinking back to uh, something like Dr. Strangelove, how original that was. Or something like, uh, you know, Clockwork Orange. 
you know, complete masterpiece. And then the critics didn't understand that either. And they savaged it. And then, you know, you know what I mean? So Kubrick moved to England because that's what he had to do. But at some point, you know, and that's how the Rick Rubin thing comes in. Because, I mean, he's saying, you know, we, I, to me, he's sounding like he's been beat up in the past. You know, by maybe some result that didn't, you know, because, I mean, not every record's been a big hit for him. So he sounds like he's been beat up in the past. He's responding to it by, you know, he's, he's opened his heart to God, you know, basically, and what that means to him. And um, he realizes that, you know, doing his very best and doing their very best, and if there's the team there that's doing it, and they've done their best, and it's an offering of God, and it's done out of love and not hate, spite, competitiveness is another thing that'll kill you. All that stuff gone, and just the pure, the pure aspect of creating for for the uh, out of love, because that's what creation is. It's love, right? Love produces children. Love produces works, and that's what the Lord is trying to get through our heads now. That no matter what's happened, no matter how far, no matter how big the the uh, the docket of wrath is going to be. And it's going to be huge. People are going to be punished. They're not even, they're not even, this isn't even the beginning of punishment yet. You know, punishment is like what's happening to people on the ground and, you know, by, to the untouchables now in, uh, in Pakistan. That's, that's punishment. And how do they deserve that? You know what I mean? So there's, well, the only way to find out is to go to God. It's not to make your own opinion up of, of it. Be reactive. And, and so, you know, the more I listen to, you know, I, I, I just, well, thank God, I've, you know, I guess God made me bored of, of, of all of it, you know, of everything. I'm bored with everything. You know, I, I'm just like, um, well, you want to go talk tough, you're going to back it up with something? No. So... You know what I mean? If I'm going to talk tough, we're going to back up. I can drive a tank. I can drive into D.C. <laughs> you know? No, I don't. I don't have anything like that. So that's not going to happen. So, so the only real move I can make is surrender to God. That's all I can do is surrender. I'm, you know, the white flag. God, you win. I, I lose. You win. You know? And then... God says, do you even notice what's going on? And I, and I say, obviously, I haven't noticed. And I've uh, put out a lot of ideas and intellectualisms about you, Lord, and about, you know, the, the you know, Satanism and the line and, you know, and, and the, the, the uh, unforgivable sin and the... Um, you know, and, and how it works, but, he said, but but you don't notice anything. You used to fly with it all. You could see yourself with a, you know, in, in the, these other realms. You had dreams. You had visions. You had a whole other life going on. You visited people. You took your motorcycle once to a certain location in a parking lot and parked it not knowing why, then seeing an old mental patient that you knew being walked by her father, still under his control, a zombie, 
being walked along the street as, as you know, closure to, to what happened back there 30 years ago. The odds on that are zero. That did not happen. That could not happen, ever. You don't know where that person lived. Turns out in that situation, it was across Mulholland down to uh, Roscommon Road in, in Bel Air, I think, and there was a school at the top of that, and I parked at the school. And then there was this girl, Kathy. And I remember her because she got these shock treatments. And she was getting them all the time, you know, and her father was supervising. I always thought that was weird. Like, like you know, the more she got, the more she became a zombie. And then eventually, you know, her I guess her will was broken and she just became a, a broken husk of a person. And I saw that. And I prayed, you know, something. I'm not sure, you know, that her suffering would be eased, that, you know, this, this evil man would be punished. You know, it, it was just, uh, it was really, you know, that was the kind of thing that God liked. You know, and um, and also when we're dealing with these Issues of, of, of uh, you know, apocalypse, meaning the unveiling of, of the truth of things. You know, the way things are being unveiled now. We're all reacting out of our own mind, out of our own human instincts. We're not reacting out of God instincts. And so, therefore, God is displeased. Said, well, why would he kill these, these good people praying every day? Because they are rejecting God in their prayers. Prayer might as well be, I hate God. They don't know they're doing that, but that's the net result, unfortunately. Because he's not included. It's like, you know, okay, now go away, God. Now we prayed. Okay, back to, uh, you know, we're going to take back this town and all this other stuff. and (laughs) You know, and... uh, as Biden said, unless you have a few F-16s and some nuclear weapons, you're not taking anything back. You're essentially trapped. So my theory then of why they would release a Mission Impossible that is anti-government now or pro-truth is because it's safe. There's no way these people would ever let that be released if there was any danger. They don't believe there's any danger. They're appeasing this big audience because they're going to make a lot of money. But, you know, the Chinese control uh, and the CIA controls the screenplays. And Tom Cruise doesn't exactly look like the freest person on earth, so he's controlled. And so they allow this thing to go forward. Again, they wouldn't do it if it was opening... The eyes, and you know, people are now seeing it as a big fiction of, they could say, oh, well, that's fiction. You know, so why would they allow it to be released if it was, da- if it was really truth? It would be dangerous. It would, it would open people's eyes. They would rebel, and we wouldn't get our precious New World or We can't let that movie out. So people fool themselves into thinking a movie of that size, you know, you would never see 
a real cutting-edge truth movie that cost $200 million. So someone is lying somewhere. And that's, and, and I'm, I'm going to see it, I'm going to, you know, re- reserve judgment until I've really seen it, you know, and I've, I've, my, I, I, the red, you know, my red flags going up when Jay Dyer says, this lays out the plan perfectly. Then I'm like, okay, so uh, I guess they screwed up and did a $200 million Tom Cruise movie and put it out there, and uh, they made a big mistake. They didn't realize they were putting out something that was going to turn the whole thing on its head, right? And they were going to lose, right? Why would they, I mean, why don't you ask the question? Why, Why do I have to be in this position? Ask the question, why would they release a movie if it, if it has the truth in it, it'd be very dangerous, especially now in this climate. Okay, so you tell me, was it to get people to act up and riot? To get people to react? Why would they do that? Why would they do it in appeasing such purists, uh, such puritanical purists as Jay Dyer, who would say something to the effect of, um, you, you know, this is the plan. Well, if that's the plan, are they just putting it in your face in plain sight because that's what they like to do with a $200 million movie? I think the only real truth movies that you see are all going to be under $5 million, first of all. They have to be low budget because who's going to give anybody that's really on the cutting edge anything? You have to beg for your scraps outside Hollywood. You beg for your money. You beg for a couple of bucks. You beg somebody to help you make a movie. You don't, you know, they don't just give you money. You know, the only way you're going to get that is if you're sold out. You know, that's, that's a lot of money too. Big responsibility. That means the studios would have to have complete confidence in Tom Cruise and his production crew. And, and knowing that they're going to get exactly what they want. And they, apparently they did. Apparently, the patriot business is the business to be in. <laughs> Make a lot of money doing that while we kill everybody. How cynical is that thought? It's not going to change anything. We're just going to keep killing everybody, but, you know, just give them some bread and circus so they'll calm down. Let's give them a false hope that they'll get their country back. I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying I know the motive. I'm just saying I, 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 you know, it's just starting to bother me now. It's starting, you know, it's it's coming back around in my mind, you know, that uh, just like what I le- leapt at uh, the sound of freedom, and then I started hearing um, about the, uh, the the NGOs of uh, John Podesta and Hillary Clinton being involved with people who were involved with the Angel Studios, and then uh, you know you had that. Uh, Con man, what's his name? A real con man. You know, no, no. They call Trump a con man. This guy's a real con man. Who was that guy? Tony Robbins. You know, he basically made a whole living out of selling nothing. You know, he sold a lot of a lot of hot air. You know, he 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 had to pay dearly for the classes and the seminars, and guaranteed you'd be rich. And of course, nobody got rich. Yeah, and then he had to leave town for a while and flee, and then they can, now he's back as this guy that's like in the Patriot thing. Because the Patriot thing is profitable. If it's profitable, folks, if the world loves it now, if that's the big trend, um, 
to me, it's it's there. There's something wrong somewhere. So I'm going to just be the watchman on the wall, and I'm going to tell you that um, that clip I played from Rick Rubin, as as hackneyed as that was, and got me so irritated that I threw my phone across the room a couple times. Um, it's still okay. I have a real heavy duty thing on it, so I I, I guess I need to replace the. Um, uh, the protector, whatever that's on there, but it's a strong. It's it's still imperfect. They make these things invincible now. They want you to have that phone no matter what. They want to go swimming with it. Um. So to me, it's it's um. Well, like I say, I'm gonna you know I've, I've got to see both these movies, uh, Sound of Freedom, and I've got to see um. Apparently, Trump played Sound of Freedom in uh, Bedminster uh, Golf Club in New Jersey uh, to a rousing success. And he was all inspired by it and gave, because he was really motivated about the uh, stopping human trafficking. That's what we liked about him. And, um, you know, he, um, you know, he's, he's really gotten on the bandwagon on this, this movie. And there may be nothing wrong. It may just be these NGOs that have to do with Podesta and, Hillary, but but maybe there's now there's no danger because they've been removed and you know I I don't know I I just you know I've again I've always had a check in my spirit about Angel Studios and about the Jesus uh, chosen and all that I've always had a you know and, and the same kind of check I have with Calvary Chapel and you know any of the rest of the evangelical you know Greg Lurie and all these other people I have a check you know because I I just believe that's a mafia there and um if there's a mafia, that means they got muscle and that means it's dangerous. That means people are in danger. If you expose them in any way, their business dealings or whatever they are, whatever they've got going, you know, if they're doing things with children, I mean, I, I do. It's funny. Sometimes the very people that are trying to be the saviors, the people that are trafficking, the, you know, doing the very thing they're, they're out there promoting against. And so you got to watch out for that. Deception can be very, very powerful. The only thing that's not deception is God. And the only way to get to God is you just have to, you've got to go to God. And, and, you know, one thing God instructs us to do is, you know, bring our, um, bring our best to him. And when we're working for that slave master and we don't like our job, we, we straighten up and we do our best because we're not doing it for him. We're doing it for God. We're going to be that that great example that you know is going to, in a very bad situation, say you're, you're a janitor that has to keep pushing that broom 15 hours a day, and it's just it's a, and and it's a very you know dangerous job, and it's in in the middle of a, a hostile school or whatever it is, and you know you're going to do that job not for the superintendent of schools, you're going to do it for God, right? You're going to do it and 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 offer that job up to God, and that that's knowing that you've done the best. I think that's what he was saying, that that's why, it was, that's why we put that on, because it was kind of a universal truth. So when a guy like Rick Rubin finishes a record, then everyone wants to jump in with their criticism. He's saying, no, we've given our best, confidently. And I think we need to really learn that in creative arts and and not let people with money manipulate us and, you know, the, the, the distributors manipulate us. Like, you got to change this, change that. You know, we've been through that. And we don't ever want to go through that again. Yeah, but, you know, uh, beggars can't be choosers. You have to, 
No, you have to have integrity and you do the best you can and you make the best decisions you can and uh, you leave it there. And if, you're, if your film doesn't get funded because of it, so what? You, you don't go put in somebody's cousin or somebody's because they have a bunch of money they can throw it at you because then you have no integrity. Well, it'd be, if you want respect, you're going to have to sit on the sidelines then. Unless you want to go join the B system and then you can work all the time in, in something meaningless. But regardless, even if you work there in the system, best thing you can do in the world is just turn it to God. Just do your effects or do your camera work or do whatever you're going to do, but you're, you're doing it for God. You're not doing it to compete against this other studio or you know, to be in the system or to, to, to schmooze at the party or whatever. It's got to be for God, you know. And if you do go to the party, it's like, well, what am I doing here? Well, what does God want me to do? So I remember that when I would take a, another time I had the motorcycle. They told me to pull over to the Topanga Market in Topanga. And then a whole bunch of these homeless guys came out of the ditch behind. There's like a creek, dry creek behind there, the, the market. And they all came because I had a shiny motorcycle with chrome and black you know, real, real nice looking Indian. They all came around and, and then eventually we, you know, I got, went in the market and got him some water, passed around the water. And then we held hands. We all held hands with the, uh, you know, around the bike and we prayed to the Lord just spontaneously out of nowhere. You love that. What happened to that? And then there were all these, I remember I confronted some of these Satanists and I just told him, you know, you know, you can have all your plotting. You can have all your plans to do me in. You can, uh, you know, think you can win all you want. But, you know, I'm not, it's not me fighting you. You know, the Lord brought me and I'm not going anywhere until the Lord says. And you know what? If you get in the way, you're just going to wind up being, uh, you know, roadkill. And um, they wound up being roadkill. You know, tough stuff like that. Tough. You know, tough confrontation. You know, it would be like, well, my carnal side would like to just burn L.A. down to the ground. <laughs> Love to see Hollywood just burn, you know, completely, you know, the studios just, you know, go up and, you know, engulfed in flames because so much uh, blasphemy, you know what I mean? Just the walls are screaming to be, you know, please, please, you know, um, make us into dust. And, and um, you know, and then, and it's, 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 uh, and then, of course, I check with the Lord. And it's like, you have no business playing me. I'm God, not you. You know, and I say that building stays. The building didn't do anything wrong. You know, you see, and then and then you, you're back in your senses and you're a man of peace and you're a man of God. And it's all about that. And it's got nothing to do with other people. And, you know, you don't need their approval. It, just, it doesn't even matter what what they think about you. You know, you're going to you're going to, um, you know, we'd love you to join us this evening. Uh, you know, I don't want you to invite me anywhere ever again. OK. Goodbye. How many people can do that? How many of you have done that?
the le- we did that to somebody that was like a, a sorcerer. And he started sending us these, uh, it's like a, kind of a semi-famous person too. He started sending us, uh, you know, black magic spells in the form of cards and, you know, you know greeting cards. You know, and, the, and the, 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 the way it was written and certain kind of script and all that. Well, the guy wound up going to jail. So God did that. There's a lot of people around that like like this guy. It's just like, you know, it is what it is, one head to head. You know, you go head to head, you don't you don't, you know, suddenly just, oh, let's be friends. I've tried that so many times and I've gotten my ass kicked. Probably the only reason I wound up, you know, with in, in you know dire straits and in health is because um you know, too many times I think I have misjudged. Too many times I've given people a pass when they didn't deserve one. Too many times I think I've, I've um, you know, and why didn't I f- face up to that? Um, fear, didn't want to hassle it, man. Just want to be at peace. And you're never going to be at peace. You know, you don't you don't have to address every 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 diss that comes along. But when there is something, and you give them, you know, whatever inspired scripture is always good. And then they don't heed. Then you know what the Bible says. You know, dust off your sandals, and 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 that's it. You know, break forever. And that that's pleasing to God because you're paying attention to him and not them. You're taking your marching orders from him, not them, and not your own mind, and not your own what you'd like to see, but you're saying, you know, Lord, you you know, guide me. Because most people don't want to go through the hassle of confronting anybody. Ever. And then of course the the, the conflicts mount, don't they? The air needs to be clear. It's not cleared. You know, not until you get the courage to do something about it, which you can, can you're not going to get from just the carnal world because people are going to disapprove of you. You know, I saw one guy in Santa Fe. I mentioned this a lot of times. He was a homeless guy. Looks like he was either autistic or psychotic or something. But he put these streamers on in his pockets of toilet paper and tie them all together and have them streaming, you know, and he, he, you know, he went into a, the, the UPS store and then he left and then he realized he, he, he wasn't supposed to, he had to come in the way he left. So he, he went back in and then walked back out backwards to make sure it all was consistent or something with the streaming. And that's what he was concerned about. He wasn't concerned about me sitting there in a car watching. He wasn't concerned about anybody in the store. He was concerned about getting those streamers consistent, and that was it. Lovely. Never forgot that. Always remembered that. Because that signifies something we need to learn. And Rick Rubin here said something very wise that we need to learn. That, you know, you know make your, your offering, make what you're working on, whatever it is you're working on, pleasing to God. And you know, an offering of, of to God in love, and um, whatever the result is, 
You know, it's, 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 you know, God's got it. So it doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what, you know, critic, critics say, because they're going to say, you suck and fuck you and, you know, go die somewhere and you should, you, you should never do anything again or whatever they say. And then they can say something like equally as damaging, like you're great, you're a genius, you're amazing. Um, you know, I mean, this is a, a national resource <laughs> and you can have, you know, both of those things completely mess with your head and, and screw you up. But especially on your walk with God, because neither one is supposed to be affecting. Neither extreme should affect you at all. It's just, it's, it's, it's given it to God. Your job is done. There's, you know, let the chips fall where they may. This is a, uh, something that I, I believe I've been trying to learn for years. My insecurity comes from, I think, mommy trauma. It's time to grow out of that. God wants to grow us out because he wants to show us what he's doing, and we're not seeing it. We're so busy fighting the new world order, we can't see God. It's as if what we're doing is more important than what God's doing. Here we are fighting them. God, help us fight them. Give us more energy and more resources and more money, God, so we can really fight them. So we can really fight them. We got to fight them. We need more help, God, for more fight. No. You need more God. Your motivation should come from God, not from your own desire to see what you believe is right done in the world. There's always been good versus evil here. And you're not going to get rid of the evil. And you're not going to get rid of the good. But give me more, God, so I can fight this fight that you want me to fight. Really? And then here's the other guy, the warrior of God. He's like, oh, man, did you see that? It was like this whole cadre of angels just came in and shut those people down. Did you see that? What? What are you talking about, Deb? Those angels came in and shut those people down and made a pathway over there. You see that? No, I only see what we do. We're the one opening people's eyes. You didn't see God moving then. Well, how's that going to work out for you? You get the whole thing going the right way and there's no God. Only you. Boy, that's a world I wouldn't want to live in. The tyranny of the self. The tyranny of my own will. The tyranny of, of, of solipsism. Of, of truly being alone. The illusion of friends. The illusion of the movement and we're all together like a family. We're no family. We're not family. Not at all. Because you have the same political party or the same goal, the same team you're cheering for in the football field does not make you family. Family. 
It's deeper than that. So that's where I'm headed. And in chapter eight of the novel, you know, it's pretty heavy because, uh, you know, we take it aside in chapter seven, which, which sets up the, uh, the main conflict. And that is that, uh, God put out a marker and is calling it back in. And this character of Zaf has to uh, make a decision whether to, uh, fish or cut bait. Whether to have an inconsequential life that's meaningless or risk it for God and God's glory, rejecting the idea of his own. Getting over the idea of his playing God. And then I'm reminded of a film called Frailty. It was directed by the great Bill Paxton. And it was about, it had Matthew McConaughey in it, and, uh, you know, uh, I forget who else. And basically, um, it was about uh, having to kill these witches. They were demons, but they were witches. And, you know, they're saying they're witch, witches, they're, they're actually demons. And, uh, you know, some were, were nurses, I think. Some were, you know, just regular people, but, but they look like human beings. But then he would tell his, his son, he says, now that's a demon, and we have to start, <laughs> slay that person with a certain kind of sword. Now you're trying to interrupt me again. Anyway, the moral dilemma was, you know, is he supposed, he, he's, he's killing, you know, people that he says are demons because God is telling him that. And of course the question is, is he crazy is he just hearing that they're demons? How does he know they're demons? Is there any proof that society would accept? And the answer is no. It would be, you'd have to take it on faith. Eventually it's proven that they really were demons. And that he, he really was called by God to do that. But at first you think, this guy's a maniac killer. He wants to kill these people who are in their jobs, and they look perfectly normal, but they're really demons. Be like that woman on the plane. There was a lizard man on that plane. And uh, she saw him blink, and I guess she thought his eyes went sideways or whatever. And, you know, I'm not quite sure what happened there, but um, be the equivalent of she decided to kill that guy because he's, you know, the enemy. He's a lizard. Lizards are the enemy. You don't hang out with lizards. You, you kill them. You don't hang out with demons, you slay them. You don't hang out with your mortal enemy, you slay them before they slay you or neutralize them in some way, you know, or stop them from hurting you or your people or your family. And we, but people wouldn't know today what's a demon and what isn't. They say, well, all those people that are in Tifa, they're all demons. Well, you know, you've, you're just, you see, where'd you get that? You're just making that up out of your own imagination. What is God saying? Well, I don't know. Well, you see, I don't know is not a very good answer, is it? I don't know is not exactly acceptable. When, when God is saying something to you, 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 you know, you listen and you repeat it. Someone says, what, what do you hear God saying? And then you say, here's what I hear. 
Here's what, you know, and how do you know? Well, you have a vision, you have a feeling, you have a, an idea, it comes to you, it, it's, you know, it, it's not you, it's something else. You've, you've tried to, you know, uh, tell other people about it. If you can get, you know, any kind of agreement and prayer on it, you know, that can give strength to the idea that it's really real, but you don't need other people to validate you. You know, if you want to pray, the Bible says to pray with two or three others and, you know, and, and, and pray in Jesus' name and, you know, it'll be done. And that's fine. And, um, you know, verify the truth with two or three witnesses. That's fine. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. You know, it's sad if there's not two or three witnesses anywhere to be found, though. And there's no way to verify what you're hearing of God. And so you just ignore the whole thing and learn just to listen to your own thoughts, just to watch your own news feed, just to look at your own social media. And, and, you know, and you know you're not living a life. You know you're not really fulfilled. You know you're not really feeling good about yourself. And you know you're not feeling good about the world. You know you're just feeling kind of lousy. And things are out of sync. And things are just not really, you know, there's no exhilaration, you know, that life represents. And, and people are just slowly devolving into complacency, boredom, sickness, and death. And that's unacceptable, right, to, you, to us. That we, don't, we, we believe a person can be vital all the way to their last day. Uh, you know, even if they're trained in this, in this country not to listen to them, fine, do it for God. Doesn't matter who listens to you. Doesn't matter how many people you have on social media. It doesn't matter. Like, one thing, that I didn't want to write this novel on Substack because I said, well, it's hard to get, you know, how do I know people will get in- interested and a lot of people don't read and it's, you know, isn't it risky writing something like that not being able to, you know, I mean, that's my only copyright and they could, you know, I mean, all these reasons. And I finally made a deal with God, God, I'm just going to keep, I'm doing it for you. I do my best. And yesterday you really got my best because chapter uh, seven was all about, uh, uh, you know, some really heavy-duty spiritual warfare here and uh, that was historical in nature that, that some of which occurred, actually did occur here in Santa Fe. And uh, so I think my dog has just about had it. Have you just about had hey, Shabbat Shalom. Here we are on the Sabbath. I, I just recommend using the day to uh, smell the roses. You know, bring your offerings to God in love. You know, things that you create. Do it for him, not your boss. You know, take, take that higher purpose, that higher road. And that's what I'm, you know, you'll, you know, that's where I'm, that's where I'm at technically right now, although I got, you know, I can still have a temper, but I'm, but I'm kind of, I guess I've, here's what's happened to me. I've outgrown the whole, whatever it is, the whole, you know, me against them thing. I've I've outgrown the quote movement. I've outgrown and I resent them always trying to align the movement with God when it isn't. It isn't. It, again, it isn't. It's aligned with itself, not God.
if you want to have a movement of God, it's God. It's not, not God slash patriot or God slash this or that. Period. Full stop. God, period, full stop. Nothing added, no addenda, right? No addendum, no additional text, no additional pursuits, just God. In Jesus' name. Jesus, God, the word, the logos, the book of Revelation, the, 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 you know, any of it. Let's get something here. Quit doing that. You're not going to distract me. Okay. So, come on, uh, Trish. This is getting to be untenable. He's 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 totally trying to stop me. And I had one more uh, thing I wanted to take, tell you from Jeremiah fifty-one. Thus saith the Lord: Behold, I will raise up against Babylon and against them that dwell in the midst of them that rise up against me a destroying wind. So here's God as a destroying wind and will send unto Babylon fanners that shall fan her and shall empty her land for in the day of trouble they shall be against her round about. And so, you know, a lot of people think that has to do with the United States and, and you know, chapter 51 itself. And I just think what it is is why this, this verse came to me is because I believe that it's um, it's talking about the wrath of God and how how people will be involved in God's wrath, not just like a wind from heaven, but you've got fanners all throughout the country, you know, and those fanners may you may consider to be a, your enemy, but they are you know what they're doing is aiding in God's judgment. You know, that we are going into judgment because of being disobedient, because we don't give a shit about God, is really what it, this country is. And that's, that's why there's all the trouble. That's why there's all the trouble. And then, you know, it's always the same pattern, you know. Uh, this talks about, you know, the Israelites going into captivity, and, you know, and yeah. And it's, you know, it's... It, it's um, um, You know, it, it's 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 an amazing. Uh, you know, it's an amazing thing to understand how this uh, how this um, this book. I happen to have a huge Bible here that rides shotgun here, and it's it's just I can read it without glasses, but to hold it is like you know a phone book. But it's wonderful. Anyway, you know, prophetically, I think we are, you know, definitely in the unveiling. So the apocalypse is upon us, and then how the other things unfold. Um, you know, Mark of the Beast, uh, two witnesses. You know, the the, the 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 woman in distress giving birth to the, you know, to you know, to you know, the whole the advent of Jesus is a big deal, and it, it ends up coming, um, you know, along with vengeance. Jesus comes with vengeance. Jesus is love. 
Um, so, therefore, vengeance is love. When it comes to a rebuke for what you've done or not done, in my case, being rebuked for, you know, with illness, and then told that, you know, during the illness, I, I need to listen, you know, the, you know, reminding me of what it was like 15 years ago, 20 years ago. When, for God, we just get a notion about God, we'd drive halfway across the country for something. Yeah, we would, we would uh, build, a, build something. You know, we would, we would uh, do lots of things being inspired by God. And, you know, including some music and everything else, you know, to, to you know, all these things, you know. So the last time that I had to listen to God, to fully rely on God, frog, right, fully rely on God, when I was writing, is when I was writing Lamb. Lamb is a really great, um, you know, I'll say it, it's a great book. It was written by pretty much the Holy Spirit because I remember during the time I was writing it, I, I had to, re, you know, I was told that I was writing to myself, kind of like automatic writing. And it was really God talking to me, saying, don't worry about the chapters or the, you know, the different characters or the different you know, sections of the book. You know what I mean? I, you know, I have the experience. I, I will guide you through everything, you know, because I only had experience writing screenplays. And I did not have any experience writing a big book with different sections and different locations and different things and different characters. And I was led through it um, step by step by the Holy Spirit that it was like keeping the whole thing on track. In fact, you know, even some of the research I did, like on the certain kinds of uh, airplanes that they use with you know, pontoon planes, and uh, there's a certain kind of plane they use in Alaska, and they and and also other you know, uh, sea type places where they need seaplanes. And um, you know, a pilot called me and he said, you know, you had that plane down the cockpit and the controls, and that that particular single engine that was this legendary engine, and that particular plane that was on the pontoons, and I've flown those, and you you had it exact, just exactly what I remember. And a lot of that came from the Lord. A lot of that came from, not from research on Google and, and Wiki. It just came to me, and then I went and checked it. it would, thank you, Lord. It, it would just, the answer would just come to me, and then I would go and check it. And the, so when it, when it lined up, i go, how? How did you know that? You know, and, and how did that happen? Well, and that would increase my faith. And then, of course, the, the book was, you know, offered up, you know, it was obviously a, uh, offering the Lord. The Christians rejected it, of course. And um, they rejected it because uh, they're really Satanists. <laughs> At least that's what God told me. They're just Satanists, you know. They're just garden variety, asshole Satanists. And, and they're not going to accept anything but their own. So you can discount most of the people you see on TV and TBN and and also out in these uh, podcasts and and all over the place in the so-called Christian world on the internet, they're all, it's pretty much wall-to-wall -wall fakery. 
And they came to me a bunch of times trying to get me to comply with them, you know, like, like follow the, you know, do what I tell you to do and things like that. And I'm like, you know, you don't understand, you know, the, the Lord wants me to follow him. Not you, but you need correction. You need guidance. We don't need a Lone Ranger Christian. I said, I'm not a Lone Ranger. I'm around lots of people, lots and lots of people. I don't know what you're talking about. You, <laughs> and these people, you know, and I met, you know, a couple in Albuquerque too. And there's, the, you know, just a, a stone wall, a cold stone wall. And, and they actually want to hurt you. They actually want to throw rocks at you and hurt you in some way. And it's, it's, it's the same thing as like people that are anti-Trump or on the Antifa side or whatever. If you don't join them, it's like they want to hurt you, right? If, you don't, if you're not one of them, they're after you, right? And they're going to label you a racist and all that other stuff. That's how they are. And it's like, you know... I, I, I'm not surprised about the Christians. I've already seen it happen with the uh, with the others and the pedophiles coming out of the woodwork and all that, you know, and all this uh, stuff they're doing. I've already seen that hive mind in action. So I'm not surprised that earlier it was the Christian church that was the hive mind and the beast and basically Babylon. Why should that be a surprise? You know, the, like, you know, when we went to the Calvary Chapel, they were just preaching the rapture over and over. And they'd have all these books to read, these, you know, these sort of dry theology books by certain authors that were acceptable. And they would test you on them. And it, it's, it, it was almost pedantic, you know, their understanding of Scripture and the Word and anything. Because they, they, they only go by what's in the book. You know, they, they don't have their own mind. They don't talk to the Lord. They don't, they don't experience God. They, they don't really, you know, they'll pray together in a group and then they'll say, oh, I really got something out of that. Oh, I'm really changed. And then it won't, you know, won't carry forth. It won't go on. Because you see, God will never approve a collective. I mean, he'll approve it for, you know, if, if it's a, you know, a temporary, it's a collective, you get together, you have songs and you pray and all that or that that's not what i'm talking about he'll never approve your final your 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 being yourself as a collective he wants you the individual and he he works with us individually and he brings us together collectively but we're not a collective so when the churches push this collective you know we can do this together thing you know it's better together that's a bunch of shit. It's not better together. A lot of times being together just causes friction and suffering. And the reason that happens is because, you know, God has where he wants to bring you. And then God has, you, you know, your station amongst other people. And, you know, uh, a lot of the time, you, you know, you just got to be attentive to how God is leading you. And then, and then, you know, if you need to leave that group, you need to leave that group. If you need to, to stay in that group, you stay in that group. It's just, you know, but, but the dividing line is going to be, you know, it's, it's not even, did I hear the Lord tell me to stay there or go? It's going to be, 
Do you see what's going on? And the answer with most people is, no, I don't see it. I'm working hard for God. We're going to overcome this new world order. But do you see what's going on? Well, we're, we're winning. We're going to win. But do you see what God is doing? Well, yeah, he's making it so that we're uh, on the verge. But do you see what God is doing? Why do you keep asking me that? Because you're describing yourself as God, number one, and everything that's being done for your benefit so that you can come on, go on and call the shots and make the decisions. But can you see? It takes a certain kind of eyesight. Like I said, one, one guy, he mentions, did you see what the angels did over there? No, I didn't. How do I know you're not just making that up? You sound crazy. Oh, well, I guess I can dust my sandals off. That's the end of that. Because God is dealing with those individuals. So he'll pull back his people away from others that are, that are you know, more callous and more shallow and more glib. No, not glib. Glib's not a good answer. The more, uh, uh, more vapid or, or, you know, vain. He'll pull the others away. Say, let them go make all their decisions and let them pray in Jesus' name, thinking they're going to have God's backing. Did you see the movement? And then, and then there are people that also talk a good game. Who said, I think God is going to do a big thing in this country. I think God's going to do that in this country. I think God's going to move here. I think the, the key word is, I think God's going to. Is God going to or not? Can we have that definitively or not? So, it's easy to do. You know, it's, 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 it's easy to you say, okay, we want to put God first place. Well, that's easy. We pray to God. God, please give us the victory. Okay. But if you really put God in first place, too, it ends up, you know, part of it is, what do you want to do today, Lord? Where do you want to go today? What, what should I be looking for? What should I think? All right. I don't feel like working on this thing, but I'm doing it for you. So, like with the novels, really hard work. Okay, yesterday was really tough, chapter seven. Really hard because I had to be very concise and it was very, very hard, very hard. I had to keep going over and over and over it. But and and so it doesn't matter what the result of people that see it is. What what the important thing is that if I've, at the end I did my best, I won't publish it unless it's my best. And I publish it, you know, basically, like, like Rick Rubin said, as an offering to God. It doesn't matter if there's three people, no people, one person. It doesn't matter on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. You've got two people or one person or nobody sees anything that you do. You're invisible. It's fine. Just, to, you know, just I'm going to so the, the exercise I'm doing with the novel is doing it for God and not for the attention and it's pretty gritty and pretty, you know, I have to admit, some very bold stuff going on, some very hard to, to kind of even figure out how you got it on the page stuff. 
but that's because I'm, I'm you know, I'm d doing it for God, and so it's you're going to have a lack of inhibition too. And um, you know, those who are hooked on the story are in for a fascinating ride the, the the rest of the way through, and I hope satisfying. But that's not my primary concern. Is I do my very best, and that's the very best it can be. And then at the end of this process, we're going to download it all and then edit it. And um, after that, we're going to publish it. You know, and um, you know, hopefully there'll be a you know something there. And I think that um, we're going to collaborate on it with uh, you know with Crazed House in terms of making it into a film as well, into a motion picture. And um, you know, at that point, it'll go through the whole copywriting phase and and all that. But I mean. What you're getting now is this raw live performance where I'm allowing myself to be out there. And I can do the very best I can do, but it's going to improve after, you know, you know, from a technical standpoint, after we get through. Um, I, I don't know where it ends. I mean, I kind of know where it ends, but I'm, I'm not sure. It's got a similar message to, like, I guess Zeph's dilemma is do you live an inconsequential life? Or do you have a consequential life? And the decision is Zeph's. Um, if he decides to go forward with God, it's, it's, it's th things that may seem immoral. And God would never ask you to sin, no. So... God's no stranger to killing either. So it's a, you know, a, a different kind of tack. It's, like, it's not like the kind of person they want to make into this robot, this Christian evangelical robot that goes around with the, the tracks and this and that, oh, I'm, you know, and all these smiles and all this, whatever it is, mumbo jumbo. There's a, there's a, not only a dark side, but there's a side of manifestations of the spirit. Little creatures and you know, there's there's also UFOs that are on God's side and the other. There's all kinds of things that are going on on all kinds of levels, including the idea that God has, you know, got the timeline here of what's happening, and yet none of us seem to be able to call it as, you know, what it is. And I understand that humanity is trying to survive, and that's a normal instinct of God, and that may be exactly what God is up to, but the only way I'm going to find that out is if I just go there in the Spirit, and I live there in the Spirit, and I spend time with the Lord. And whatever it is I decide to do, someone else could laugh at me as being silly or stupid. But it really doesn't matter because, I mean, if I'm doing something for God, I, who cares what anyone, you know? So it's, again, moot point, moot point, moot point, moot point. Doesn't matter what they say, think, do. Doesn't matter what they do right now, today. Doesn't matter if they have a rally somewhere, you know? God tells you to go to it, fine. If, if you, know, you live your life like that, really just, you know, submerge and then and are able to see things and then relate to other people what you see. Even if they reject it, at least you've, you've stood up 
and you've taken the risk of being ostracized and you've done it for God as an act of love and there's no greater thing. You've, you've, you've moved the dial. And anyone can do it. It just, there needs to be encouragement, you know, to... Nobody in this society really wants anyone to listen to God. You know, none of the institutions. None of the religions really do. You, you listen to the imam in Islam. You listen to the, the rabbi in Judaism. You listen to the, the priest. It's like they're not letting you just breathe. They're telling you what everything means. Okay, enough of my soapbox. Things have changed. All right. Um, thank you for, for joining me and all the comments, and uh, thank you for all your prayers of healing. I'm still on oxygen, not as much. And I take my vitals. I have a watch that takes my vitals. And... Um, Doing, you know, pretty good. I could use more more walking while I, you know, it's, my watch tells me I need to walk more. And I'm like, yeah, I need to exercise more, but I've got this back issue. But I will. And I'm um, going to delve into Chapter 8. I'm kind of, I feel trepidation about it. I feel kind of nervous because I know there's a lot of triggers there. There were a lot of triggers yesterday, and there's there really big triggers. I mean, huge triggers. I mean, there's no way that wasn't God. What I wrote about, the things that happened, they paralleled kind of, you know. I, 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 I used a little bit of reality with fiction, but it's all fiction, you know. But things like running into your assassin some 30 years later and moving into a house that he built... It, the odds are, see, that's a biblical event. That, that, that's a life-changing event. And begging the question like, well, would they kill you? Would your own family participate in your death? Well, of course they would. If, it, if, if, it, if they felt that they're social position or any kind of money or anything was jeopardized because uh, a, a son was a man of God and, or something and, and causing trouble and not part of a church and just out there like a loose cannon, uh, they're going to be told to, to quench that down. And if the mental hospital couldn't contain it, then it's, you're going to have to you know find another way. Just the way it is, folks. If you don't like it, don't come here. Don't expect to turn Earth into like your little playground or something you can accept. It's not ever going to be okay. The only thing that can be okay is you with God and 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 in your position and and you know you're a, you're you comprise a universe anyway under yourself. And God, He made he, he made you to be the tabernacle of the Most High God. I mean, you know that's where you belong, and so you are then every aspect of the universe, every aspect of everything that's been created, you're a part of that. So being, identifying with that, being a part of it, should produce a feeling of well-being. You know, my needs are taken care of. My Lord 
loves me. I love the Lord. I'm, you know, waiting on the next thing. I'm, I'm giving this as an offering. I'm, I'm putting, I'm anointing my head with oil. I'm putting, you know, I'm calling people and praying for them. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Whatever it is, I'm on this life. And it's, and it's, um, it may end up in a, uh, being ended because of the fact that, uh, you know, the people have to, uh, you know, go as martyrs. Well, there'll be a lot of them in the end time. There'll be a lot of them in this uh, tribulation period. Okay, so back to this Shadowland thing. And um, it's kind of the Shadowland thing that uh, Zeph faces in this chapter 8. It's kind of a... You know, he can refuse the call. And mind you, a guy in a hospital, you know, very frail and very, you know, sick. But see, that's when the spirit is strong. Spirit's weaker when there's when you physically have more prowess, more ego, and more personal pride and satisfaction in a thing that's a dangerous position to be in. And with that, I bid you shalom.
Let's just say you're on Mars. All is as it should be. <sighs> Wait a sec. I need to know what happened here. It may be very difficult for you to know what happened here.
you're enjoying yourself. You think there's been a mistake? I don't know what you're talking about. about this situation how do you really feel about this situation I don't really know you're probably wondering how you'll ever return home I'm sorry to tell you I didn't tell you the truth. This is not Mars. This is not Mars. I want you to recall what happened. Well, sir, or whatever you are, I, I don't recall. You don't recall? No, as I said, I don't recall. It's a pity that you don't recall. Why is it a pity that I don't recall? I asked you a question. You can't get an answer in this place.
Something did happen to me. Yes. Something did happen to you. Another chance. Do you think you can do your duty? Who is she? Why does she keep appearing in so many different forms? don't seem to have the proper motivation. Are you going to let me out of here? Hey! Who are you? You look like a shadow. I've had time to think about it. I will do as you say. So you do remember our arrangement, after all? I do remember that, yes. 
Are you quite sure you see things differently? This time I will do exactly as you say. It seems your contract is expired. Just let me out. I'll do exactly as you say. I promise. Hey, where'd you go? Come back Shut up.